0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. One day we were planning to rob this house. So then that morning that we made your bill, uh, I went and picked up Davis, and uh, me, Davis Spooks, and uh, the homie, Tom Cruise. Uh, we were about to like, go do the shit, everything. But as soon as we got out the car, like the police came running down the street. Like, Killed Bill was one of my favorite movies, so as soon as I heard the beat, it was like, it was love for me. Yes, yes, y'all, this is your boy Kale.
1: Hey, everybody, this is Claremont
0: II. My name is Mac Davis.
1: What up, what up, this is boy Wonder. This is August Regal. This is Jade
0: Inc. Not rocking with your man, Tona Tank Hey, what up, everybody? It's your boy Pluto. Hey, what's good? This is Little Sims. You. What's happening, y'all? This is Dame Fontaine. You're listening to The Come Up Show. Get inspired. The
1: come up show. The show that you come up on, Yeah, this spot that you come up strong. You heard. gonna play that song. Yeah, hey, Welcome show. to the Come Up Show podcast. My name is Chetto. I'm the host and founder of the Come Up Show. And my guest today on the Come Up Show Podcast is Rob Stone, all the way from San Diego, California. And you probably have heard his song, his Smash hit, Chill Bill that has over 150 million listens. I caught up with him on a Turnt and Burnt tour, which is headlining ASAP Ferg in London, Ontario, at the Music Hall. And we talked about Rob Stone's upbringing, the music his parents introduced him to, the crazy day that Rob had. His life almost changed before he recorded Chill Bill, and the commonalities that San Diego and Toronto, Ontario have. Rob Stone on the Come Up Show podcast. Let's go! (laughs)
0: Please introduce yourself. Um, yeah, Rob Stone from San Diego, California. Walter. Oh. How's the tour
1: tour life been And especially the Canadian part What have you gotten from Canadians What's the vibe that you got
0: Everybody lit and everybody nice (laughs) That's all I can say man I fuck with Canada
1: we fuck with you man so i want to take it back to your upbringing in uh san diego and your, your parents were really into your, the music your mom 90s r&b your dad had the cd's you you said you are a reggae head like you like yeah. even reggae more than uh yeah. than hip hop tell me about what that upbringing was
0: uh i don't know i just was exposed to a lot of different music as a kid man and like throughout high school especially throughout high school i listened to all types of different music okay. so it just like i don't know it molded me to be like a a very open person, I guess.
1: Little Bow Wow had an influence on you when <laughs> you were a young kid, weren't you? Like, uh, when you saw him, like, what what influence of Bow Wow had, like, watching him in music videos on What's My Name?
0: Well, yeah, I was, like, five, and I was, like, my first, like, that's my only memory, like, or my first memory of, like, really, like, understanding, like, what it was, like, be a rapper, you know what I mean? And I, when I saw that video, and you know, I was, I knew that's what I wanted to do what i wanted to be and i was like five years old it's crazy yeah.
1: and then you got to high school and your homie spooks was like he was the one of your friends that actually rapped and he did it for yeah. years and uh he did he, he had a big influence like you actually felt like yeah i can actually do this
0: yeah definitely after seeing his progression it made me believe i could do it for sure
1: after high school you went to college in atlanta and you decided that school university or college wasn't for you well, what what was it that you didn't like about that experience
0: I just felt like I wasn't learning anything really, mm-hmm. like or I was well, I was learning a little bit like in like classes I never took before like media communications and shit like that, mm-hmm. but like general ed shit was fucking whack man like I, I felt like I wasn't learning anything so like I was just real frustrated every day at school. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was wasting my time. I knew I could be doing something more, or like especially when I was like heavy into my music like I dedicated everything my music. I felt like school Was taking it away From me Creating
1: When was it Can you take me Because I read that There was a conversation That like You're in front of your computer And you said If I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do it all in I know I could do that When Take me to that conversation When did that happen
0: Uh Shit Like Probably like uh, November uh, 2013 mm-hmm. I was, Yeah man I don't know Like I just sat on my computer that day And I was just like Yo like I'm gonna do this shit And I was like You can be anything you want Like you got to dedicate everything you are to it, like.
1: This is after you quit college or before? Right?
0: No, I was still going to school at the time. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't. Uh, I dropped out like three different times. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was college. Was like it was cool, but like mm-hmm. just the class part was real, real fucking whack.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to know the full story of Chillbill because it's a pretty great story that our our listeners need to hear, man. And I want you. J- Take us to the beginning of that day, or was it the day before? You guys were allegedly planning something, and uh, and uh, go from there.
0: Yeah. So, uh, like, well, one day we were planning to rob this house. So then that morning, that we made your bill, uh, I went and picked up Davis and uh, me, Davis Spooks and uh, the homie Tom Cruise. Uh, we were about to like go do the shit, everything. But as soon as we got out the car, like the police came running down the street. And, uh, and like, they, like, stopped us, everything. They put me and Tom Cruise in the back of the car and was talking to Davis and Spooks outside. But, like, they didn't have anything on us because we didn't have weapons or anything. So, like, they had to let us go. Like, um... And then immediately after that, like, we went to Spooks' house and Davis was like, yo, I got this beat with the Kill Bill whistle. Like, Perp Dog made it and shit. And I was like, all right, for sure. Like, because we already fucked with Perp Dog. And, uh... Um, like Kill Bill was one of my favorite movies so as soon as I heard the beat it was like it was love for me mm-hmm. and then we went to the studio out by Mexico and uh, we knocked it out like an hour like mm-hmm. hour like two it
1: was... How scary, was that like a wake up moment though like was that a scary moment where you're like oh man I gotta switch up my shit or nah it was just like another yeah. thing
0: yeah it was definitely like a wake up call but I mean like I was just like a lot smarter about the shit I did yeah. like that was like That was like about to be a desperation move for us. Well, at least we thought we were desperate, but really we just wanted weed and to go to the studio. (laughs) That's all we spent our money on. Mm -hmm. It was weed and studio time, man. Mm -hmm.
1: And uh, you kind of like saw this. You you had a vision for yourself because when you made that chill bill, you you knew was it like it was gonna go somewhere. You knew it was a hit, and that you have the you had the balls to like say, "Yo, I'm not gonna do school." I'm not going to get a regular job this is the type of life that I want I'm going to do then that's pretty like where did that come from and how did you like where did that intuition come from I guess I
0: don't know man like I don't know I just didn't I was always thinking like I didn't want to be like I didn't want to be working a job like that like I knew I wasn't going to be happy and like especially once I like, got into music like it was like I was like all in after that conversation it was like no stopping it no matter what mm-hmm. like it was no stopping. <laughs> the only version I was going to stop, it was me. Mm-hmm.
1: No. You had that mentality, like you knew. You just, you're lo- locked in.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, I, I want to know, uh, so you talked about like how everybody in San Diego kind of hates on each other. And I know you were just in Toronto the other day. Toronto used to have, people used to call it the screw face capital, because it used to be the type of city in terms of the rap scene where nobody supported each other if you were a Toronto artist you performed at a Toronto show people would give you literally the screw face they wouldn't give you no love even if you were dope they were kind of scared to give to give you that you know love and then it wasn't until after Drizzy you fucking yeah. opened the doors up and now people have this kind of like, like the
0: same thing in San Diego
1: so explain that to me because yeah you had that in San Diego where did that come from is it people didn't see that they didn't think it was possible
0: I don't know man Everybody just wanted to be that one, cause nobody was that one in San Diego. And then when that one like came about, mm-hmm. now it's everybody else just like, like the whole city need to be on. Somebody else from the city needs to pop, whoever fuck it is. Mm-hmm. Somebody else need to pop from the city. Mm-hmm. But before it was like everybody wanted to be the one that did. Yeah,
1: and that's the same thing with trying. Before Drake, people thought it could only be the one or one person. If one person was on, that means you didn't get your chance anymore. It's very similar. It's, it was, it's like
0: the exact, same, cool, exact same. same shit in San Diego. Okay.
1: So you're signed to RCA, and in, in this day and age, of 2016, beyond, where you can be independent, you can do, you know, the indie grind, you felt like they were the perfect fit, and why did you choose to, sh- to sign with a major label when, you know, you have all these tools to, you know?
0: uh, Because, man, I feel like that was just, like, they brought with, like, twelve well not twelve seven but like what I was missing from my career definitely like just that those the connections basically yeah. the connections
1: like, accelerate your shit like yeah exactly was it also like yo I'm gonna get this check no matter what I'm I'm just I see this and I'm gonna take it
0: I mean like I wanted the check but really it was about picking the right label that that I believed in my whole artistry mm-hmm. you know what I mean every other label like I'm sure they would offer me some nice checks I got offered some shitty checks. <laughs> I bet they're eating that shit right now. <laughs> but, yeah, man, I mean, it was cool, though. Like,
1: RCA really believed in my whole artistry. That's why I chose RCA. So uh, a writer from an article said no matter how far you go, that you've already gone far beyond what anybody could have expected. You're already a hometown hero. Now it's time to put the town on the map. What is it like to have the city on your back? Do you feel pressure? Or it's like you feel like, oh, I've already made a pass, whatever, and I'm just whatever.
0: Uh, I mean, like, nah. Like, I mean, I feel like, I wouldn't say pressure for the city, but it's because like I want to I do it for the city. Like, You know what I mean? So it's not really, it doesn't feel like pressure to me. You know I mean, other people will probably feel pressured, but it's like, I don't want the city to be turned to fuck up anyway, so it's like, <laughs> it's nothing to me, it's just lit to me, it's exciting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. a, it's a rush, like, I want to make shit happen. Yeah.
1: It's so motivation fun. and purpose, and you said that your goal in hip-hop is you want to spread the truth. You would love to be a superstar, a fucking icon, who wouldn't? But if it doesn't happen, I'm okay as long as I spread the truth and everyone takes that truth. What is your truth?
0: The truth is the truth, man, and that's all it can be. (laughs) Simple as that. (laughs) There's no other way of explaining that? Nah, man, the truth is the truth.
1: What has been inspiring you recently?
0: Ah, man, to fucking take care of my family and my squad, like, more than anything, like, to get that checked so everybody can be straight.
1: And it's, it's a very, like, meaningful feeling, right? Once you see what's possible, you when you have that taste, you just want yeah, more? Yeah. You just want more, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But you just can't get lost in the sauce. How do you not get lost in the sauce? So is there anything that grounds you to make sure that you don't get lost in the sauce? Because that's very possible.
0: My son, okay. number one, man. My son. Just, like, doing the shit with, like, people that have been, like, around me for most of my life and that I know genuinely care about me. Like that keeps me humble and grounded, definitely.
1: Mm-hmm. So Rob, a, a lot of uh, creatives listen to this podcast, and everybody's this is the come up show. So people are on the come up; they're looking for their opportunity, their chance. Uh, when you upload a chill build, you just uploaded it, and it just it was like you couldn't, you know, it wasn't like a six month marketing plan; it just happened right it's like that is a special thing for the people who are listening right now creatives and whoever is listening right now is on their hustle what What would you like to say to them
0: uh, just do it because you love it man you know, you're not going nowhere without a true passion uh, don't do it because you want to be famous or you want to be on like it's all, it's all passion and just the love of the music or whatever your artist.
1: If you don't have that, then you're not gonna be in the game for a while, right? Because you never know when you can blow. It could be five, ten, it could be whenever, right?
0: Like, exactly.
1: Like, look at Yo Gotti. He's been in the game for fifteen, twenty years, and he yeah. got down in the
0: uh, yeah. Yeah, you know? like <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like it could like uh, two James, for instance. Like it took him forever. Rick Ross takes people for a long time, you know what I mean? Now, but, like, with social media and, like, the internet these days, it's also a new day and age. Anybody could pop any time. And with the way motherfuckers' attention spans are, and, like, just, man, America's dumbed down. Not America, I'm not gonna say America. Fucking humans are dumbed down right now, so it's easy for somebody to create something catchy and get it on. And then yeah, it's a viral moment, get a viral moment.
1: Viral moment played in in your in your and Chill Bill as well too. It's pretty yeah, crazy, it right? Pretty crazy because that was some real life shit. Like that was in
0: like a lot of the viral moments like be created. Like labels will try to create like viral moments or like yeah. vines and shit. Labels like, we'll try yeah. to create that shit, and my shit was just natural.
1: <laughs> like We really just thing, beat uh, them niggas up. You know what I'm saying? Beat them niggas up, and then it went viral. <laughs> Do you find that wild? Because a big reason also by why race, Sherman, Black Beatles is number one. For the third week in a row On Hot 100 You know Is because of the Mannequin Challenge That kind of played into it, That was yeah, not yeah. planned It was just natural as well
0: Yeah but that yeah. shit slapped Like shout out to Ray Shermer' Cause yeah. that's a good ass song So like I don't know Like the Mannequin Challenge Helped Maybe Helped it move that fast yeah. And like It like exp- Exposed it to more people I would say it Exposed the music to more To more people mm-hmm. But That song is a good ass song Like it's one of the best rap songs I've heard in a long time. Mm-hmm. Like the way it's put together, yeah. in my honest opinion. Yeah, right. I agree.
1: it was already a number nine. It just took it to yeah. the next level,
0: right? Yeah, that shit's crazy, man.
1: Yo, Rob, I would I would like to thank you for your time. Any last words to our listeners in Canada and anybody else who's listening to this podcast? Right yeah.
0: Canada, I fucking love you. It's twelve seven to the top, boy. <laughs> thank you.
1: I hope you enjoyed my interview with Rob Stone. There's only a few weeks left in 2016. Can you believe that? And for the last two weeks of this year, of this month, the Come Up Show, we're going to be recapping the best of 2016. And I'd love to know your favorite episodes, man. What was the interview that you enjoyed the most? Because I'm going to be picking them. I'm going to be recapping in part one and part two of the best of 2016. Please holler at me at the. Come up show on Twitter. I'd love to know your thoughts to include in the podcast. Thank you for listening. I'll check you next Wednesday. Peace.